story three of the crimson gardenia and other tales of adventure by rex beach this librivox recording is in the public domain story three innocencio part one captain innocencio prepared to let himself over the side of the schooner outside the caribbean was all agleam save where the coral reef teeth gnashed it into foam inside a sand beach yellow in the moonlight curved east and west like a causeway until the distance swallowed it back of that lay the groves of coconut trees their plumes waving in the undying undulations that had never ceased since first the trade winds breathed upon them beneath the palms themselves the jungle was ink-black patched here and there with silver the air was heavy with the slow rumble of an ever-restless surf and all about the sea was whispering whispering as if minded to tell its mysteries to the moon not yet two hours high it was the sort of night that had ever awakened wild impulses in captain innocencio's breast it was on such a night that he had first felt the touch of a woman's lips it was on such another night that he had first felt a man's warm blood upon his hands that had been long ago to be sure in far haiti and since that time both of those sensations had lost much of their novelty for he had lived fast and hard and his exile had plunged him into many evils it was on such a night also that he had begun his wanderings fleeing southward between moonrise and moonset southward whither all the scum of the indies floated but even to this day when the full of a february moon came round with the fragrant salt trades blowing and the sound of a throbbing surf beneath it the sated stagnant blood of captain innocencio went hot his thin mulatto face grew hard and a certain strange exultance blazed within him his crew had long since come to recognize this frenzy and had they now beheld him poised half nude at the rail his fierce eyes bent upon the forbidden shore they would have ventured no remark as it happened however they were all asleep all three of them and the captain's lip curled scornfully what could black men know about such subtleties as the call of moonlight what odds to them if yonder palm fronds beckoned they had no curiosity no resentfulness otherwise they too might have dared to break the sandblast law it was four years now since he had begun to sail this coast and even though he was known on every quay and bay from nombre de dios to tiburon and even though it was recognized that the signor bill williams paid proper price for cocoa and ivory nuts his head trader had never beaten down the people's distrust on the contrary their vigilance had increased if anything and now after four years of scrupulous fair dealing he captain innocencio was still compelled to sleep offshore and under guard like any common stranger it had made the haitian laugh at first for who would wish to harm a san blas woman with the streets of cologne but a hundred miles to the west then as the months crept into years and for voyage after voyage he never saw a san blas woman's face he became furious next he grew angry then sullen and a sense of injury burned into him he set his wits against theirs but invariably the sight of his schooner's sails was a signal for the women to melt away 
invariably when night came and he and his blacks had been herded back aboard their craft the women returned and the sound of their voices served to fan the flame within his breast night after night in sheltered coves or open river mouths the captain of the espirita had lain belly down upon the little roof of the deck-house his head raised serpent-wise his gloomy eyes fixed upon the cook-fires in the distance and when some woman's figure suddenly stood out against the firelit walls or when some maiden's song came floating seaward he had breathed curses in his bastard french and directed a message of hate at the sentinel he knew was posted in the jungle shadows at times he had railed at his crew of spiritless jamaican niggers and lusted for a following of his own kind men with the french blood of his island in their veins men who would follow where the moonlight flickered he had even gone so far at one time as to search the waterfronts from port limon to santa marta in quest of such fellows he had winnowed the off-scourings of the four seas gathered there but without success they were villainous chaps for the main part crossed with many creeds and colours and ready for any desperate venture but he could not find three helpers of sufficient hardihood to tamper with the sandblast virgins instead they had retold him the tales he already knew by heart tales of swift and sudden retribution overtaking blacks and whites retribution that did not halt even at the french or the hated americanos they told him that of all the motley races gathered here since earliest spanish days the san blas blood alone retained its purity it was his boss the senor williams who had gone back farthest into history and it was he likewise who had threatened him with prompt discharge if he presumed to trespass the senor williams was not one to permit profitable trade relations to be jeopardized by the whim of a haitian mulatto inocencio had listened passively then when alone smiled he owed no loyalty he had no law even the name he went by was a fiction he continued to make his trips and when he came driving in ahead of the humming trade winds his schooner laden with the treasures of the islands the back streets of cologne awoke to his presence and prepared to greet him but however loud the music in the cantinas however fierce the exultation of the liquor in him however wild the orgy into which he plunged he could never quite drown the memory of those sleepless vigils far to the eastward ever in his quiet moments he heard the faint song of san blas women wafted by the breath of the sea ever in his dreams he saw the slim outlines of girlish figures black against a flaring campfire four years this thing had grown upon him during which he had haunted the san blas coast and then one night he slipped overside and swam ashore it was not so dangerous as it seemed for once he had gained the shelter of the jungle no less than a pack of hounds could have followed him inasmuch as the thickets were laced by a network of trails that gave forth no sound to naked souls and the rustling branches overhead played upon by the never-ceasing breeze drowned all signal of his presence once he had defied the tribal law he knew no further peace it was like the first taste of blood to an animal 
thereafter inocencio the outlaw whose name was a symbol of daring became a jackal prowling through the midnight glades tasting the scent of the villages and staring with hungry eyes from just beyond the shadow's edge rather he became a panther for in his caution was no cowardice only a feline patience village after village he hunted until he had marked his prey then he waited to spring to be sure he had never spoken with the girl nor even seen her clearly but the sound of her voice made him tremble to accomplish even this much had taken many trips of the espirita had meant many sleepless nights and some few tense moments when only the shadows saved him from betrayal there had been times for instance when the quick simulation of a wild pig's grunt or the purr of el tigre had served to explain the sound of his retreat other times when he had stood motionless in the shadows the evil rust-red blade of his machete matching the hue of his half-nude body to-night he crouched behind the deck-house and ran his eyes over the schooner in one final glance of caution it was well that all should be in readiness for the moment of his springing might come within the hour or if not to-night then to-morrow night or a week a month a year from to-night and then a tackle fouled or a block jammed might spell destruction he thrust his head through a loop of the leathern scabbard and swung the huge knife back until it lay behind the crease between his shoulders then he seized the port stay and let himself softly downward overside the water rose to his chin without a ripple he glided into the moonlight astern and a moment later his round black head was no more than a piece of bobbing drift borne landward by the current down past the village he swam noting the rows of dugouts on the beach he saw a blot in the big mahogany cayuca a great canoe hewn from one priceless trunk and recognized it for the sentinel on he floated then worked his way ashore behind the little point once he felt the hard smooth sand beneath his soles he waited until a cloud obscured the moon and when the light broke through again he was dripping underneath a wide-leaved breadfruit tree at the jungle's edge removing the machete from his neck he wrung the water from his cotton trousers over his head a night-bird croaked hoarsely the girl was at her father's house tending a fire on the dirt floor it was a large house for the old man was rich in daughters and by the san blas rule their husbands had come to live with him he had waxed fat long ago on their labors and now only his youngest one remained unmarried but the ceremony was set inocencio had heard the news upon his arrival three days before and had grudgingly bought a big store of tortoise-shell from the groom-to-be knowing full well that the money was intended for the wedding celebration marquina was the fellow's name a straight upstanding youth who more than once had excited the haitian's admiration for his skill with a canoe but since that day the latter had regarded him with smouldering eyes the big thatched roof with its bark-floored loft stood on post blackened by the smoke of many feasts there were no walls the jungle crept close to it from the rear and hence the watcher could witness every movement of the girl as she passed between the hammocks or stooped to her task he could see for instance the play of her dark round shoulders above the neck of her shift 
he ground his yellow teeth and gripped the moist earth with the soles of his naked feet as a tiger bears its claws before the leap it was very hard to wait for an hour he stood there once a dog came to him and sniffed then recognizing a frequent visitor returned to the house and resumed its slumber beside the fire from the houses beyond came the sound of voices of a child crying querulously and of a woman quieting it people came and went an old hag began pounding grain in a mortar crooning in a broken voice the girl's father came rolling into view and after a word to her struggled heavily up the ladder to his bed he was snoring almost before the structure had ceased to creak beneath him in the thicket a multitude of nocturnal sounds arose the insect chorus of the night and then before innocencio realized what she was up to the girl had stolen swiftly out and passed him so close that he could hear the scruff of her sandals on the beaten path the next instant he had glided from cover and fallen in behind his pulses leaping his long lithe muscles rippling but he moved as silently as a shadow had he been a less accomplished bushman he might have lost her for she plunged into the jungle unhesitatingly however he had long ago learned these trails by daylight and knew them better than the lines of his own palm hence every moonlit turn every flash of her white slip found him close upon her track it puzzled him at first to discover her reason for this unexpected sally but soon he decided she must be bent upon some mission then when he saw that she purposely avoided the village and was bending toward the open palm grove abreast of his anchorage he knew she must be going to a tryst so marquina was the sentinel that fellow in the mahogany cayuca was her lover Innocencio, the dissolute felt a flame of rage suffuse him when at last his quarry emerged into the mysterious half-light under the high roof of palms and paused he strode after her she gave the melancholy call of the night-bird that had sounded in the breadfruit tree over his head earlier in the evening then seeing him close beside her uttered a little cry of pleasure not until he was too near for flight did she discover her mistake and then she seemed to freeze her utter silence was more menacing than a scream it was the instant for which he had schooled himself so he spoke to her in her own tongue make no outcry i will not arm you she drew back at which he laid his great bony hand upon her his eyes blazing she was deathly frightened being little more than a child i have waited for you many nights he explained i feared you would never come then as she continued to stare up at him uncomprehendingly he ran on i am innocencio the traitor every night i have watched you at your work i want you for my woman her voice had forsaken her utterly but she struggled weakly so he tightened his grip until his fingers sank into her flesh she began to gasp as if from a swift run the open neck of her garment slipped down over one shoulder her eyes were distended until he saw them ringed about with white the terror of this tall yellow man with the hungry eyes robbed her of power and she let him drag her toward the lapping water as if she were no more than some weak wild thing that he had trapped of course she knew him for while the san blas law may banish women it cannot blind them and she too had studied him from concealment 
although his words had made no impression whatever upon her his grasp and the direction he was drawing her had at last translated what was in his mind then she burst into life but she made no outcry for it takes strength to scream and every atom of her force was directed against his she began to moan her every muscle writhed with her free hand she tore at his entwining fingers but they were like jungle creepers that no human strength could serve to loosen and all the time he drew her with him speaking softly then she felt him pause and her distracted vision beheld another figure entering the shadows from the shore she called to her lover hoarsely and saw him halt at the strange note peering inward for a sight of her she voiced words now for the first time crying the stranger the stranger then hearing the scrape of her captor's machete as he drew it from its scabbard she renewed her struggle more fiercely captain innocencio held the girl at his left side until the last moment balancing the great knife-blade as if to try his arm then when the indian was close upon him coming straight as a dart he freed himself a slanting moonbeam showed marquina's ferocious visage and his upraised weapon but the haitian met the falling blow with a fierce upward stroke that once before had done him service it was the stroke that had made him an exile years before innocencio's physical strength had ever been his pride if also his undoing above all things he prided himself upon the dexterity and vigor of his wrist his early training on that blood-red caribbean isle and a later life in thicket and swamp had served to transform the cumbrous native weapon into a thing of life at his hands more than once for instance he had harried a serpent until it struck for the mere satisfaction of severing its head in mid-course and now he felt the wide blade enter flesh before his antagonist could cry out twice he had slashed again this time downward as if to split a green coconut the next instant he had seized the girl as she fled into the jungle but she had found her voice at last and he was forced to muffle her with his palm when they were out into the moonlight however with the dry sand up to their ankles he let her breathe then pointing with his machete to the espirita lying white and ghost-like in the offing he drove her down into the warm sea until it reached her waist swim he ordered and when she would have renewed the alarm he raised his blade grimly threatening to call the sharks with her blood swim he repeated and she struck out with him at her shoulder but the village was roused a confused clamor betrayed its bewilderment and before the swimmers had won more than halfway to the schooner figures came running along the shore innocencio cautioned the girl to hold her tongue and she obeyed thoroughly cowed by his roughness she turned upon her side and swam with her face close to his her eyes fixed upon him curiously wonderingly her easy progress through the water showed that her fright had largely vanished and showed likewise that had the haitian been no common swimmer himself she might have distanced him all the way out to the boat she stared at him with that same fixed look maintaining her position at his side the moon and the salt brine in his eyes played him tricks else he might have fancied her to be half smiling as if in some strange exultation akin to his own 
not until he finally dragged her panting to the deck of the espirita and her white-clad figure stood out clearly from the shore did her tribesmen realize the nature of the alarm then the vibrant turmoil suddenly stilled for the space of a full minute while the enormity of the outrage made itself felt they drew together at the edge of the sea staring open-mouthed amazed before they raised their blood cry the man and woman arrested a moment their eyes upon the shore and where they stood twin pools of water blackened the deck then inocencio turned to look upon his prey the girl's flimsy cotton shift was moulded to her figure and he saw that she was even fairer than he had pictured in spite of his need for haste he paused to gloat about the favour the moon and the salt sea had rendered him as for her she flung his glance back bravely until he wrenched open the cabin hatch and pointed to the dark interior then she weakened but she had a will of her own it seemed for she refused to be locked inside he strode toward her and she clutched the rigging desperately turning her glance to one of appeal you may come up in a moment he translated but still she clung to the stay if you try to escape he scowled upon her terribly at which she shook her head having already tasted her strength he knew that there was no time to force her so he leaped at his crew the three blacks were snoring forward of the deck-house so he seized a bucket of water at the rail and sluiced them into wakefulness keeping his eye upon the girl meanwhile when he saw that in truth she made no move he let his caution slip and raged over the ship like a tiger beating his half-clad crew ahead of him with the flat of his machete by the time they had gained their wits the tribesmen were massing at the canoes as the mainsail rose creaking he broke out the jib with his own hand then with one stroke of his knife severed the manila mooring rope and the espirita fell off slowly ahead of the breeze inocencio ran back to spur his befuddled niggers to further activity only to find the girl still motionless her eyes following his every movement under the curses the schooner slowly raised her wings and the night wind began to strain at the cordage but at last when the jamaicans were fully awake to the state of affairs they threatened mutiny whereat the mulatto flung himself upon them so savagely that they scattered to arm themselves with whatever weapons lay at hand then they huddled amidship rolling their eyes and praying for out from the shore came a long mahogany cayuca and it was full of straight-haired men it takes a sailing craft some time to gain its momentum and as yet the full strength of the trades had not struck the espirita hence the canoe overtook her rapidly inocencio called to one of his men and gave him the tiller then took stand beside the girl the naked blade of his weapon once more beneath his arm the schooner's helmsman gave himself to god while the cordage overhead began to whine as the deck rose it was upon the haitian's lips to warn his pursuers off when one of them called to the girl bidding her leap inocencio heard the breath catch in her throat but she made no move and the command was repeated this time she answered by some exclamation that he did not understand whereat the canoemen ceased paddling as if her word had paralyzed them they hurled their voices at her savagely but she remained motionless the while the waters beneath her began to foam and bubble 
the espiritus crew ceased their prayers and in the silence that ensued the sea whispered at the bow as the craft listed more heavily under the full force of the wind innocencio could not fathom the meaning of the subdued colloquy among the san blas men so he shouted a warning but strangely enough they made no answer they only crouched with paddles motionless staring at the dimming figures facing them until the espirita wing and wing ahead of the trades was no larger than a seagull as yet they had not learned of the other tragedy hidden in the shadow of the palms had they suspected what lay weltering at the edge of a trampled moonlit glade behind them no threat of innocencio's no plea of his new-found woman could have held them back once the schooner was under way the haitian led the girl to the deck-house and thrust her roughly inside closing the hatch then with his own hands he took his craft through the reef and out into the leaping caribbean not until the san blas coast was a mere charcoal line upon the port quarter and the salt spray was driving high did he deliver over the helm at last however he gave his crew instructions for the night and went below closing and bolting the hatch behind him when the smoky lamp that swung between the bunks was lit and its yellow gleam had illumined the interior he saw the girl's eyes fast upon him he went toward her across the tilting floor and she arose to meet him smiling end of story three part one